and she's cute. Definitely. She's having a moment right now. I'm really excited to see like what uh, Gillen does with her. She she uh, had a fight with Sue Storm and lost. <laughs> and Sue you know, said, drop back. <laughs> you know, that's one of those things. That's one of those things where I feel like it just had to happen for that time. Like I feel like if we were to have oh, that fight today, okay. I don't know if it would go the same. She way. would lose again. <laughs> I don't know if it would go the same way. That's lose all I'm again. saying. About that. That's all I'm saying. But that was. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am John Stewart, aka the Green Lantern. Oh, okay, that's fancy. Hello, I'm Cersei of the Eternals. Ooh, although, although I don't know, they're not getting it oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, everybody? Oh, no. What's what's how you doing, Keenan? I am doing fantastic. Actually, it is Halloween weekend. Um, which is always a really fun time for me. I like dressing up for Halloween and doing stuff for that. Um, so you know, the weather's nice, which I wasn't expecting for October. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> damn near November. <laughs> shout, shout out the global warming for that. Um, yeah, really good. How about you? Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm good. I had a pretty busy week with work. Um, but you know, that's mm. just life. Okay. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. <laughs> we still haven't found them ballers. You know, at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about like <laughs> we were looking the, the rich man. Hello, mm-hmm. I know we're supposed to be eating the rich and all that, but like before we do that, let me get a good year with him. <laughs> For real. <laughs> you know, I just want to sit back and read my comic books and not have to worry about it. You know, anything, anything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the comics of the week. First up on the list is Moon Knight number four. And this was written by Jed McKay. And who was on the art for this? It was still Alessandro Capuccio. Okay. That's how you say his last name. Let me let me look at it real quick while I talk. But um, this is another solid issue of Moon Knight. And I think that people who would like to get into Moon Knight and learn more about him should definitely check it out. I think that, so this issue, um, it's just more of him, like, around the city, like, helping people doing his stuff. However, we get a guest appearance from Tyra. Now, yeah. Oh, his uh, girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend, um, Alessandro Capuccio. <laughs> yes. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, or you just, like, paid attention enough, you know I am not a huge Tyra fan. <laughs> like, no, you're an ass. <laughs> at all. So when I found out she was going to pop up in this issue, I was just kind of like, okay, great. So Tigra and Moon Knight were on the West Coast Avengers together back in the day, and that's when they were in a relationship. Uh, she, I think she was like... That's when, I, that's when I knew them. Wasn't she like trying to be an actress or trying to be in Hollywood or something like that? I don't know. I'm I not going to lie to you. I like completely ignored her parts when I read that because like she's ex- kind of boring. She's, <laughs> she's awful. She is an awful character. I can yeah, that. So like she was there they had a thing yes. we have not seen them together since Did they ever say that it was supposed to be about like because she's like a cat but like a cat god or something or her cat god and his moon god like 
I think that connected them somehow. I think it was just because, like, Mark didn't have anybody else, and Tigra kind of, like, will take whoever will have her. So, <laughs> it's just, like, whatever. But nonetheless, um, she pops Remember up. Remember when Crystal said that? And, uh, <laughs> like because it, it was it was in the Fantastic Four, but, like, Crystal said the exact same thing to Sue, that, like, <laughs> Tiger will kind of do whatever. Like, it's honestly true. Like, that's the type of character she is. She's not enjoyable. <laughs> But she shows up, um, and she, like, has a moment with Moon Knight. They, like, go stop some crime together. And she's one of the first people who he actually has, uh, like, a conversation with about just, like, himself and where he is and where he's at. He's talked about how he's kind of lost all his friends in the Avengers because of, like, the stuff that happened to Jason and Aaron run. They uh, do references back to the Bemis Moon Knight run where he had the daughter. And she talks about, like, his uh, Marlene also saw that, and that made her, like, take the daughter and leave the country, so he's lost them. So it was a nice way that uh, they just kind of tied McKay tied all of like the previous Moon Knight story that had been happening together and like putting him in the space that he's in right now. So, okay. I was going to ask if like, you know, those first relaunch books, they usually try to like kind of reestablish how they are in, yeah. in the world, but kind of like move it forward a little bit, or at least the good ones try to move it forward. Hello, Kelly Thompson. Uh, that is Tea. what, <laughs> and Jen McKay, because that, that is what he's doing right now. So it's like, okay, this is fun. This is cool. I'm enjoying it. Um, it does look like Tiger is going to be a continual part of the book. So. Oh, no. Are they going to get back together? You think they're going to get back together? I think she's going to try and push up on him again. And he's like in a weekend mental state. So it's like, yeah, this is what you're going to do. But she like makes a comment about how she's not doing anything else. So it looks like she's, she's looking for her, She's looking for a daddy for her kid. She's on the come up. Oh, I wonder if this means they're going to put her in the show. I, hope I was going to ask that. They might. She seems to look pretty easy to put on I'm TV. sorry. I'm sorry to the time. <laughs> I do not like her. <laughs> I do not like this character. I don't know. Do you remember when we, uh, we reread Civil War and like they did the whole thing about her being the traitor? Was that Civil War or Secret Empire? One of them books, she was a traitor. Uh, that was Civil War. It was Civil War. And the cat was like, yeah, we already know it's her. We don't care. Because nobody cares about Tigra. <laughs> Tigra, yeah. Sorry, girl. It's just... You're not I'm it. sorry. But nonetheless, that was the book. It's still really good. Um, I'd still give it like a 3.5 out of 5. I think Capuccio's art tells a great story. Um, I'm enjoying this interpretation of Moon Knight, and I'm anxious to see where Jed McKay takes him. Good dope. All right, up next is Astonishing Times number four, and this is written by Frank Barbary and Eris Quinones, and art by Rari Coleman. And uh, this is the book that I have been reading that I checked out because I like the character Infinite, who mm-hmm. like looked like me and had some cool powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> previously in the last issue, uh, the one guy who's kind of like the Batman-esque kind of samurai guy he kind of came to confront Infinite because he was like, you know, I know that you have been like making these murders because a one character who died, who was like cosplaying as a different character, got killed, and he thinks that mm-hmm. Infinite did it. Um, he came to confront him, find out that like, you know, I've got this secret that I know about you, like I know the real thing about you, and it was because uh, the like samurai guy was friends with the main reporter, his dad, back in the day. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got like your kryptonite, basically. Like, I know your secrets. And Infinite is like, you know, you don't know anything. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This issue picks up right where that one ended, and it's 
all action packed. I had a really great time with this issue. Um, uh, Infinite is like, you know, you don't really know what you're talking about. They have this whole like fight and they're going to blows with each other. And Infinite is saying, you know, I was trying to like help people. Like his plan is to no longer operate in the space of being a superhero, but using his powers to kind of elevate life. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he wants to be the guiding light of that, which is what he called himself. So I know previously I said, let him try his plan. He had me up until that part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> he had me up until that part. And uh, yeah, in this issue, you later find out that this telepath, this black woman, um, her name is um, Crossout, I think it was. Okay. Uh, she she gets into the mind of uh, the main reporter, and she's like trying to figure out like what is the secret that the dad like he that the the older dad told his son, and we get this whole flashback of how the son was there when his dad died in the cataclysm, and it was kind of really touching. Um, and you think that he handed him this like note that's like oh this is his kryptonite, and we cut back to the samurai guy, Roken, I'm sorry, Koken. And he's like, oh, I know that your powers are all based off of magic. Like, I know that you aren't really super powered. Like, you got your powers from magic, and I have this thing that's going to take you out. He, like, cracks it, and he's, like, going to use it, and it does nothing. And um, Infinite punches a hole through him, (laughs) through his chest. And is like, he was like, you honestly thought that my weakness was magic. I have no weaknesses. I only told people that so that humanity felt like they had something over me. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this was wild. When he punched me through the chest, oh, this is getting hot. <laughs> and um, later on, we find out that like Gold Rush, who was earlier, I said like there was that guy who cosplayed as him and got killed. He's like he's like the Flash kind of super speed runner, and he comes back and he's like, you know, I heard the whole thing because he had a kind of infinite rounded up all the other superheroes to kind of work with him to kind of uplift people. Gold Rush heard this fight and he's like, you know, I can't let you do this. You're not supposed to be like adding light. I thought we were going to do something better, and Infinite um, snaps his neck, like just turns his head all the way around. And uh, he's like, busy. no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but before he did that, like Gold Rush activated this like system that they had been building, and there's this bomb gonna go off. So things are getting hot. I've <laughs> I've been enjoying this a lot. Like I said, Infinite is. The, um, I don't know. <laughs> the the black cell. He sounds cool to me. Um, the black <laughs> telepath that was in the book, was this the first time that she's ever appeared? Yes, but she was mentioned last issue as like, um, he said like, oh, I'm going to like escort, escort you guys out, the reporter and Koken. And he's like, you know, cross out, we'll do her telepathic sweep on your way mm-hmm. out. So I was like, who's this telepath going to be? And sure enough, she's in this issue. And she that's, how tele- you, uh, that's how you That's how you wake the girls up to read this book. You let them know that there's a black telepath. telepath okay, <laughs> let me tell you, that's what you need to start letting everybody know. Yeah, and they're yeah. gonna flock. And I'm assuming she—I don't know if she knows like the real side about Infinite, if about him being like the leader of all of this, or if she's just riding with him because she believes in his cause. 
Mm-hmm. I hope it's not because they like in a relationship or something. Yeah, you hate love. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't that mind like, if it's like that. Like know. kills it for you. It's like once they're it happy together. Nothing. Unless it's like she was in on the plane with him from the beginning and they riding to die together, then I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. Like um, what would you rate this? I would definitely give this issue a four out of five. Um, this okay. is really like starting to stick off of me. You know, in the beginning, I really only picked it up because of just, like I said, Infinite looked like me and I thought he looked dope. And um, like, I liked his powers looked cool and his costume looked cool. So I tried it off of that. And like the first issue, I was like, all right, we're following this Jimmy Olsen person. And I don't know if I'm really going to be wanting to stick around for that. But now that we've really gotten into like the meat of the story and the Jimmy Olsen is kind of just the point of view person. All this, all this other stuff is going on. I'm really into it. Okay, that's what's up. I love it. I just learned his name. We never say his name that often, and I want to say it's Rory. Rory. Okay, Rory. I like that name. It's Rory. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, up next we have um. Daredevil number 35. Now, are you still sticking with Daredevil or have you jumped off because it's all electric? Oh, yeah, I left when it was when it was all electric. <laughs> I did. Um, I will say I have been like keeping up with Comicsology a little bit, but um, I just I don't think I see it for Electra. I'm sorry. You know what? One of these days we're gonna have to have <laughs> a reread of uh like one of Electra's minis or something, and see what goes and what goes along with that. Mm. Um. Okay. Because I would think you would like her. I mean, you maybe you might so. not like her, like, murderous parts of her. But, like, she only really do, like... She, it's not like she's, like, you know... Uh, so I think my thing with Electra is, like, I've always Melina. thought, like, okay... <laughs> you know I don't like Melina. Um, yeah. I think with Electra, I kind of look at her as, like, okay, she comes in, she's the cool, deadly ninja girl, everybody's supposed to be scared of her. Okay, I'm not. Now what? Then she kills you. But she don't. <laughs> but well, she, she does. does. She kills a lot. She doesn't. Because everyone, like, I think about it when she popped up in that Black Widow book a few years ago. Everyone either gets away or she ends up dying. Well, she's not going to kill Black Widow. You know. Then, then I, Matt would have been mad. And she'll make seen, him mad. I've seen Electra kill grunts and I guess hand ninjas. I just, uh, I killed him. I, but it's like okay cool she does that she kills these people and then she goes on and she's like okay now what and i guess like this whole thing with her daredevil was supposed to be kind of different supposed to be looking at her in this position of a hero where she can't kill and you know her morality but it's like it also she always constantly talks about well this is stupid i wish i could just kill them well girl then kill them shut like that's like, what I she's going to go back to you gotta <laughs> let her get there it's like <laughs> getting on my nerves, okay? But you got the heck out there. I just don't. I don't know. She's fun to look at. She's a girl. Well, not she's not in this Daredevil costume. Um, it's all right for me. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> it's just okay. It's not that I dislike it, but I'm not like crazy about it either. It's just kind of a simple. I like that. Um, I like the one that they made for her that was basically supposed to look like her Netflix Electra costume that had like the black 
it was like the all black and she had like the red it was like simple it hated was, that but it's still like <laughs> hated that. Back. she had that really good fight scene with iron fist and the De- defenders book you didn't like yeah, that and it looked like she, no because it looked like it came from kohl's I was oh not seeing it for her and that, that scarf like that, around her that mouth. Was so it was not the it. The scarf around the mouth, it was great. It was great. It was not it. You guys now the, like her having a mask, where I'm with it. But like it being a scarf and if all of that. Like the, the black, the all, we're going to post some pictures. Please let us know your opinion on that costume. It was hot. I'm sorry. It was hot. She should have stuck. It, it was, it was not. <laughs> so, um, anywho. In this issue, we see more of uh, Electra's Daredevil because she is facing off against three Bullseye because Bullseye had was cloned by the Kingpin. Um, and this issue, you are getting this entire fight. She is has her back against the wall because she's fighting up against three peop- three different Bullseye. You uh, get in her head about how she's like, you know, I have to make this one-on-one. Uh, Mary, Typhoid Mary is there. Um, and she is <laughs> also dressed up in a Daredevil costume because... Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, and she tries to like take on Bullseye using her like firepowers and using some swords and stuff too, which was pretty cool to see. Um, but the fight gets out of hand. Daredevil, Electra kind of uses like her wits about Bullseye and realizes that his ego will kind of get him in, like kind of flustered or whatever. And he, because she's fighting clones, she's like, you know which one of you would be the one who actually kills me if the other one is alive? So she gets him to, like, kill each other, the two clones kill each other. Um, Mind you, this entire time, he... I didn't know Bullseye was, like, this, like, nuts when (laughs) he kidnapped these two people and had them dress up like Bullseye and Elektra and made them recreate the time he killed her. That man is (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. Um, there was a cool scene that I thought where uh, Electra uses her these like I want I guess call them safe psi is kind of what mm-hmm. you can call them because they don't kill. Um, Iron Man created them and her suit that she's using that when she like taps them together, it takes I, I'm assuming it's an EMP because all the lights and stuff goes out and she's fighting like Daredevil because all she gets is a mask and it shows her like sonar and. Uh, thermal heartbeats and all that kind of stuff like that, which I thought was kind of cool for her to be kind of fighting like him while in the while in the suit. Um, but yeah, uh, later on you get some kind of pointed language after the bullseye are all taken down because uh, the cops come because uh, Matt Murdock had escaped out of jail and the cops come to arrest him to take him back into jail, but uh, the... Fantastic Four and the Avengers show up and they stop that from happening and uh, the this cop like pulls a gun out and is like, you know, no, we're going to take Matt back in and Spider-Man is like, no, Daredevil just like stopped all these people and mm-hmm. was responsible for taking down the system that you're supposed to be a part of, like in jail because they were doing all the experiments on those prisoners. What have you done today? And mm-hmm. uh, Okay. Like, go let them go from there. Uh, Kingpin and Typhoid Mary end up like hooking up at the end. Yeah. I didn't even know they were ever really like a thing before. Again, this is like my first Daredevil. Oh, for into like Daredevil stuff. Every now and again, you know, Mary's kind of crazy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had to Google this uh, electric costume. You don't like it? No. 
<laughs> that's no. crazy. I'm look. It looks so good. Like the ponytail. It's like official. I'm here for the ponytail, and I like the mask that she has across her face. She looks like a ninja, but it also just looks very okay. You got this at the mall. I don't know. These are all pieces you got from a mall. Some jeans. It's so functional. It's giving ordinary. The back is out a little bit. Her. No. This is crazy. Okay. Whatever. Um, Iron Fist was tearing her up, but nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not. Let's not act like. Let's not like he was stabbed in the face. Like tearing her up in this issue. Okay. Goodness. Crack that over his head let's not that's what, that's what i'm talking about it's like now i'm not scared of you so now what girl what you do? <laughs> but um but what, what, what would you rate this daredevil issue honestly i would still like keep this at a four this has been a pretty great daredevil run for me i've really gotten more into matt as well as in with electra previously she was kind of going into the route of being like the kingpin of the assassin world Mm-hmm. Um, where she was kind of taking down a bunch of assassins. But then, of course, usually she always ends up getting roped back into, like, Matt's books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to see, like, we get more of this introspection of her and how she is, if she was to be Daredevil, I'd like to see her kind of take this and what she's learned and kind of maybe head back into that assassin world and apply it there. Okay. All right. Um, what the devil's brain is... Devil's Reign is next, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think that starts in January. Oh, okay, so we're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then she has a she has a mini that's coming with that uh, her like a Daredevil mini as well as Electra Red, Black, and Blood. Okay, that sounds fun. The girls are out here. I guess. <laughs> okay, up next is Black Widow number twelve. And uh, this was written by Kelly Thompson with art by Elena Casagrande. And uh, another hit. <laughs> it's an Eisner winning series. I, don't I mean, know, I don't truly. Know. I don't know what to say about this book that, you know, especially after having Kelly here and like talking to her and like just knowing what she knows about like the books and how she feels about the characters and the street level and all that stuff. It's just like you can feel all of that in this series yeah you feel that love that passion that like oh yes i want to show these characters kicking ass elena costa grande was a perfect match for her on this book you know Mm -hmm. like this is a dream team right now this gala that they are at and the design it's it's hot like it was this was like two pages and they looked good they looked better than some people at another gala that happened not too long ago I mean, like, what you gonna like? You're not wrong. You you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. The point is, wrong, like, I love that dance between uh, Winter Soldier and Black Widow that they had, and their little costumes and stuff. The hot. The character moments are always spot on. I love the way that like Black Widow and Winter Soldier, like you said, were talking and dancing and about even the conversation they had beforehand about her trying to check on the family and how she's not supposed to be doing that to the stuff with Clint and just kind of being like the the comedic relief of the team, but like still also having a little bit of the heart that brings it to Lucy and Spider-Girl and like their growth and like coming up as heroes. It's just a good series. Yelena is just Yelena. Um, Yelena is Yelena. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just like... It's so it's it's just a good book. 
it's just, it's just like I, and I think we've talked about this before. You know, a lot of times Widow can get like trapped, and even though you don't want to mm-hmm. see all the Red Room stuff go away, they got to do something else. And like now we're seeing her do something else, and it's just like this is great. Moving her to San it. Francisco has been hot for her. It was been great. Um, I didn't think that would ever be like a good fit for Black Widow. You know, you would assume she would be more of like, you know, in a grungier city, I guess you can say. Like, you know, it's kind of like some street city. But moving her to San Francisco and doing this whole thing with her being fresh and something else has been hot. And I will say that, like, it has been no secret on this show that I love a good tandem fight. Like, I love a good two characters, like, fighting together and working together Mm -hmm. while they're fighting and stuff, whether that is martial arts or their powers together. I love it when it's like mm-hmm. a combo. And this just always delivers with Elena Casagrande and the fights are wow. <laughs> like the action is good. And I say this like as a huge fan of action. Like the action is good. And it's like it's not all very often that you can find a comic book that has like an art an artist who can really like nail action scenes. Like somebody you can do it every now and again. You can get like a fight and you can get it. But like when you feel the intensity, the brutalness of the hits, like the flips, the movements, all that, like they still have the face, the energy, the hair. Like this is it. I think about um Warren Ellis's Moon Knight run very often. And like those first six issues where it was just him and Declan Shavley. And like there is that scene of Moon Knight walking up the steps and like beating up all these thugs as he goes along the steps. And it's like such an iconic run. Like that's how I'm going to think about this Black Widow run for her. Like when I start mm-hmm. thinking about Black Widow action scenes and showing her fighting and doing stuff, I'm going to come back to this book. Definitely. Um, I also really love what Kelly's been doing as far as like introducing new villains into the work that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been doing it a lot over in Captain Marvel because like people always wonder like, who, you know, what we say, who's she going to fight? <laughs> so I appreciate that she's giving new villains there. And with this book, um, you know, Black Widow's been trying to get to the bottom of who, like, the Apache person is and, like, how to get to the bottom of him. And they introduced this guy, the Living Blade. I'm kind of scared of him. Like, <laughs> I think that, like, whatever is, whatever is going to happen, this the fight that is going to be between the two of them, I know it's going to be, like, Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Definitely excited for that. Um, so definitely check that out. What would you rate Black Widow? Four out of five for sure. Definitely a four out of five for me too. Maybe even a four point five. I'm like, yeah, definitely somewhere mm-hmm. over there. Um, all right. Up next is a sword number. I'm sorry, sword. <laughs> Y'all playing with swords? <laughs> um, <laughs> sword number nine by Al Ewing with art by Jacopi Kamani and um you know, I really don't want Sword to go away because okay. it seems obviously it's it's like ending um I think in December or something like that, right? Okay. And uh, Mutants in Space is like my jam, obviously. I love space, I love the X-Men, I love this. Um so I'm really gonna be sad to see it go. But I really hope that it is relaunched and something that has a lot more focus <laughs> because while I really enjoyed this sword issue a lot, um, it reminded me that like, I forgot we were even like dealing with a lot of this stuff. So this like opens with uh, the Alpha Flight, I forget his name. What's homeboy from Guy Alpha Rich? Flight? Vindicator. Oh, Vindicator. Right? Guardian. Yeah. Guardian. Um, Vindicator was his wife. 
right? I think I every time I think so, but also now Heather Hudson, that was her name. But now when yes. I think, yeah. when I hear a uh, Vindicator now, I just think of that Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> 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 so it's like when I hear Vindicator, I'm just like, oh, the Vindicators. But I was like, no, that's something completely different now. <laughs> That's a funny episode, though. Um, but we open with um, Gyrick and Guardian having this conversation about how, like, you know, the mutants terraforming Mars has put them in this, like, galactic spotlight, and everyone's kind of gunning for Mars, and we need to get this under control, and how the Alpha Flight, the Canadian Alpha Flight, I guess, um, I don't know if he speaks for all of them, but at least Guardian is a part of Orcus. I mean, so I've n- I honestly don't know too much about Alpha Flight outside of that. Like, you know, Wolverine used to hang out with them. And I like the characters Snowbird and Talisman, who they have on their teams. But I've never read, like, a lot of their books. Oh, and Northstar and Aurora were members, too, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I can tell you who was on the team. I just can't tell you. <laughs> you, you know who was there. <laughs> I know who was there. I just can't tell you what they did. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. This issue, we open with, you know, them reminding us that Alpha Flight, or at least Guardian anyway, and they are part of Orcus, and there is a mole that he has where he has, he's been getting information from out of, out of sword. I can't believe forgot that they were even like, a oh. mole, <laughs> or, or someone doing that within sword. Um, so, I really hope that, like, when we get on to the, like, the next relaunch of sword that we you know focus on whatever the the what that story is i can agree it um, feels the, the book feels a little lost at times um but again i think of like the x-books the as a whole the story is good and i feel like the x-books as a whole like you said we are heading to whatever the relaunch is supposed to be so i think i'm just giving it um i think i'm just giving all the books a little leeway i'm just kind of like you know it is what it is it seems like the X line really gets like a relaunch every two years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every like two to three years, like the whole the X books just relaunch again. That's crazy. <laughs> huh. But anywho, in this book, uh, we also get more of the Imperial Guard, which I know that they were around previously in an X Men issue. Uh, where Storm went there and helped mm-hmm. out Sandra. Shand- I think Sandra. I was saying Sandra. Um, And the Imperial Guard show up. And I will say that, like, I like the Imperial Guard. I would have wished that we got more of them as, like, their own characters instead of whenever they come around, we know they're going to be kind of cannon fodder. Yeah. I think I... Uh... Or just... I, I agree. I like the Imperial Guard a lot. I like a lot of those designs, and I wish we saw a few more of them, like, by themselves. There's this one named, yeah. I think her name is Hussar. She was, like, the red one. She's got blonde hair and, like, these wings. Mm-hmm. She's hot. Oh, that's, she was probably, so all of the, fun fact, the Imperial Guard are all supposed to be analogs of the Legion of Superheroes. They're just uh, those. And um, she's probably supposed to be Dawnstar, which I bet you would probably like her. She's like, I know. She's like Danny. Have you? You're not caught up on Young Justice, are you? No, I'm not yet. I was think I was gonna watch that later while I like get ready for Halloween. Okay, we'll we'll have to we'll, we'll get we'll come back to that to when you actually watch okay. It. Um, okay. But yeah. Well, let me know y'all if y'all have been watching it and if it's good because 
I haven't watched it yet, and I still think Young Justice is like the best superhero animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to know. I haven't watched. This, I haven't started this current season yet. Started. Let us know who your favorite Legion members are, and then also let us know who your favorite Imperial Guard people are. Yeah. Um. So we get the Imperial Guard here, and there ends up being an attack on Araco um, mm-hmm. by. Uh, the lethal legion who we can obviously tell that ewing loves to use <laughs> because <laughs> he don't let it but you know that that's what you kind of need it was, i think yeah because did he create this version of the lethal yeah. legion so yeah. it's like they're all they're a whole new team you kind of got to take them everywhere <laughs> if, if you got you got to like establish them in there and like have them go places to like make them last um so shout out to him he's doing the work He's gonna bring him around, and I mean that's how you, like you said, that's how you really build up more villains. So, mm-hmm. and I like that he gave them more like definition because he used them in previous books before, but I just thought that they were just like a random mm-hmm. group of mutants together, just banded together <laughs> to be like a, a team of something. But um, oh, I just realized that that is the name of uh, in the Legion of Superheroes. It's the mm-hmm. fatal five. That's, I was about to say they fight the fatal five, don't they? Yeah, same I thing. Remember, so I, I, know little, I know a little. I know a little bit about the Legion. Most of it is because I read uh, Jeff Johns' Teen Titans run, and he had ah, uh, them go. Yeah. And so that was like, oh, okay. Um, but that when I over, back, that era of the uh, Legion was hot. That was a good era. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah! But like when I go I read, back, I actually like, read that from the other side, from the Legion side. Oh, okay. But when I go back and like see some other Legion stuff, I'll be like, oh, this isn't as good as that one. No. The older like stuff that. is not as hot. You have to like really already like the Legion <laughs> <laughs> to really get into a lot of the older stuff. And they had the opportunity to really like push them because I think they could be a big series. It's just a bunch of just superpowers fighting it and stuff. Yeah. But Bendis did the most recent run and Mm. Know how that could go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not too much happened. Um, but anywho, back to this. Um, the Imperial Guard is taking on the Legion, and they end up like dying <laughs> for the most part. A storm mm-hmm. couldn't show up in the beginning because Araco don't see it for her, and they've been ch- everybody there has been challenging her because they don't think that she should have a spot. Um, but of course, she's been beating up everybody, and she ends up showing up on time to help them. Uh, fight the Lethal Legion, so... Uh, no storm, she don't mess nothing up. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one thing she's not gonna do, is mess something up. And, yeah, we get the end, we find out who the mole is, and I was actually shocked. I will say that. I, um, didn't suspect that. I don't know if I buy it. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like it was two different conversations going on. Mm. And like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being optimistic. Maybe I just like WizKid. Oh, excuse me, spoiler Maybe alert, he's sorry. doing a, a double cross. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's doing a... Uh, like a triple uh, like Asian a type cross. of situation. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't buy it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, if, if he, if I wasn't is, expecting though, him. If he is, they'll put him down. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you can put the wheelchair kit down. Jeez. Bye. 
Okay. Like, like, he's like trying to kill everyone. Like, yes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who am I to say? You know how I feel about that stuff. Like, <laughs> send him to the guillotine. <laughs> okay. Um, what would you? I would end up rating Sword a three point five out of five. I can do it. Um. Okay. I was actually maybe thinking of also doing the same. It's more of a three for me. I think that, like, it's been... I ain't gonna go that low. <laughs> I ain't gonna go that low. But I, I did enjoy it for enough for a three. I would just wish that it focused a lot more on S.W.O.R.D. Mm. instead of Morocco. We were building up Morocco for the last, like, three issues. Issues. I will say, I do still like Brand a lot and like all her machinations and all the stuff she's doing. Um, I love, I love, you know, a guy who's evil but like well intentioned. I'm always going to be mm-hmm. evil. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, up next is Aquaman the Becoming, number two. And this was written by Brandon Thomas with art by Diego Orletigue. Sorry if I mispronounced that wrong. And Skylar Patridge. Mm-hmm. And, um, this I was, uh, this was it. I stuck with it because it's hot. I'm sorry, it is it. It is <laughs> like this. First of all, this was my comic book of the week. I gotta tell you, okay. I like okay. went back and I reread this issue like multiple times. I think this was such an exciting story, which is also kind of upsetting because Brandon Thomas also wrote. Um, the Aquaman and Green Arrow Deep Target miniseries that started this week. And, like, that was not that great. And Mm. it was kind of, like, jarring to read because here in this Aquaman The Becoming book, it is so good. It is so intense. The action is, like... It feels like an action movie. Like, they think Jack... Someone's setting Jackson up because he's a bellion. So, like, everyone's trying to attack him. He's got to get out of here. Mara is, like, helping him. They come wake her up in the middle of the night. She's getting interrogated. They go and try and get his mom, but, like, she goes out. We see something else is going on with them. We've got, like, the politics of the people. Um, and it's just, like, boom, 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 boom. It hits. And then you go into this uh, Deep Target miniseries he has, and it's, like, it's kind of slow. The pacing's off. The characterization doesn't work. If it, it feels gimmicky, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, again, I think uh, I think I talked about that the last time. I was like, who? I don't know any Aquaman fan who was clamoring for him to have a team up with Green Arrow and vice versa for the Green Arrow fans. You know, I think they both just have <laughs> anniversaries this year and they got to do something with them. And so it's weird because, again, even Thomas, who's written Arthur before and like the last issue that Arthur in, like, three pages was much better than the one in this one in, like, 20. So it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, okay, it was weird. Mm-hmm. But the becoming being excellent was, like, fantastic for me. So it's, like, and I love that this is becoming kind of a definitive Jackson story, and I love that they're still making it work because it's, he's from Zebel. And, like, I think I've said this before about how all of, all of the Aquaman runs What's have going on of, in Zebel? Why did I like it over there? Is it the so, ghetto? Because it's like, what's going on? <laughs> so, and, like, and that's what I was about to say. It feels like all of the Aquaman writers have been, like, quietly kind of passing notes about what goes on in each run and, like, just giving everyone this really consistent characterization before. Because the Zebelians have always been looked at kind of funny from Atlanteans. But Atlanteans okay. are kind of, like, they're a little stuck up. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's like See, I always uh, I felt like I had a more kindred spirit with the Zabellians. <laughs> I like I like I like Tempest and Aqualad and Mera. No, well, well, no, Tempest is Atlantean. He's not Zabellian. Oh, he's not? I thought he had purple eyes. I thought it had like a That's like supposed to be like a like another folklore thing of the Aquaman universe. I don't even actually think he has the purple eyes anymore. I can't tell you. Actually, no. I think Dan Abner had him use the purple eyes. But mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like other stuff going on. It's like he's like a a, a, a dark-touched Atlantean. Type. Oh. Yeah, it's like all this other stuff going on. Oh, it's like a whole like thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, having the Sibelians and like kind of dealing with the almost xenophobia of the Atlanteans and saying, oh, we just don't want, like, these other ocean-dwelling people hanging out with us. <laughs> <Is that> what? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Because <laughs> they can't stand them. I was reading this, and I was like, you know, I don't read so many aqua books, so I'm like, what's going on? Why do they have this, like, just divide? <laughs> We're all at the bottom of the sea, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, you also think about how it feels about, because Mera, Mera is the belly, and she was just queen of Atlantis recently, and a big part of her thing of being queen was dissolving the monarchies and like there's no more kings and there's no more queens and it's like everybody is one people and so it's like now you actually have these rebellions who are like really up in atlantis and you got obviously some atlantis who don't like it and so it's like seeing that kind of go and i love how this is turning into like a definitive jackson story i was reading this and i was like oh this is going to look really good as an animated movie yeah like that entire scene when Jackson goes to like the house after Mira's escaped from the um, interrogation place, and she's like, "Come with me," and she's just giving her speech about like, "All we got is time," and like she's just giving him the rundown because it's like, "This is Mira. Like this is Mira's life. All she's done is be on the run for real, for real." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you was know great. What I'm like, and I like how, she, like the little like things she was doing when she was being interrogated and like. So, like planting stuff on and like using stuff to like get her out of there. I like that. That was high. Like, like this is Mira. Like this is the queen. This is the warrior queen. And maybe, and maybe trying to convince you that Diana could take my girl down. And let me tell you, it's a, <laughs> I don't sorry. know. They like to say that she chopped her head off. Uh, in that, uh, the, the plot, the plot armor might like the plot armor, but like if we're gonna, choose, <laughs> if we're gonna put them one on one, somebody's not walking out. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, it was like it was really great to see Mira work. It was great to see her like really defending Jackson and like reiterating like he is a part of our family. We're not just gonna turn him over to you because of whatever's going on. Especially again coming from Mira because she is also Sibelian, so all the things that he's getting, she has gotten before herself. So she knows what that's like. Um you get to the stuff with Jackson's mom, which is also really good. And I love how she even made the comment about how she's once again built up her relationship with him because again all these writers have been quietly following up after each other. When Jackson was first reintroduced in Rebirth, his mom didn't like him being gay, you know? Oh. And then we, when he was in the Titans, um, there was a whole thing about her lying to him about back, Black Manta being his dad and like just being Zebelian and where he got all the powers from. And then you had Kelly Sue DeConnick's run come where she reintroduced Jackson with Aquaman and then brought his mom back and like had them kind of rebuild the relationship from there. And so now here the mom is once again saying like, I just got my son to trust me again. And now here I am hiding something else that might break that trust. And I was like, damn, this is hot. And also, I love that this has been like a continued story. That's hot. Continue. And it's let's, like, let's, yeah. bring, let's bring that back. <laughs> and honestly, you can even call it back from Brightest Day because I know some of the boys like to pull up those two pages of Jackson from Brightest Day where he was with that girl and to like attest to all this stuff. It's like, yeah, again, like here's this young boy who didn't know anything. 
and was like figuring himself out and like as he's like here we go are just following the steps of his journey mm-hmm. of like figuring out himself it's just, like i love it it's just it's hot yeah. and i love at the end especially mira makes the comment you know jackson is kind of like out on his own in a boat floating somewhere all bu- busted up because they beat him up and she's like you know he's going to survive because He's his be, mother. He was bleeding this whole issue. I was like, is he ever going to stop bleeding? Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, you know, she's like, he's his mother's son, but he's also his father's. And I was like, ooh, that was hot. I was like, that mm-hmm. was hot because I was like, Black Manta is a force. Let's and it's not like, forget. <laughs> like, it's like, it's the respect for me. That is a super villain, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm here for Great book. Great book. Yeah. Book of the week for me. Yeah. Definitely a great issue for me as well. I would definitely give this a four out of five. I would give it uh, for sure. a five, five out of for me. Um, again, just because like it has everything that I want. It was a perfect <clears> issue <throat> for me. Even and, and it's so interesting because Jackson was barely in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, yeah, that, I love mostly about Mira. I, I love that that is a an attest to the strength of the cast of characters that like the off world employees that you can still have a super engaging one that and then even so with the limited space that the main protagonist has you still walk away feeling a lot for him because you are scared for jackson you are like worried about him you are hopeful that he's going to be okay you want to see him to see you want to know where he's going like all these questions are just kind of going through your mind it's like this is hot i also will have to give it up to brandon thomas and i guess also the good the people at dc because they are doing a great job with passing on the mantle mm-hmm. compared to how, how that's been done with like a lot of other characters um, on both sides of, of the big two, you know? Yeah. Um, this, this feels more organic and it doesn't feel like they're completely getting rid of, you know, Aquaman yeah. and uh, Arthur and all of that stuff. It's just like, everyone's just moving forward. Yeah. It's hot. I'm here for I it. I appreciate that. It's hot. All right, and the last book of the week is Inferno Number no. 2, and this is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Stephanie uh, Caselli. And um, I I liked it. <laughs> I had a great time. I thought it was hot. I, um, I appreciate all of the, like, the messiness and drama of it all, and I, um, I'm excited to see where this kind of, like, really, really goes. Um, one thing I know about Hickman is, like, Hickman's thing has always been like the penultimate issue. It's like when that like is when the hammer drops. So I feel like we've gotten everything kind of set up into the places where things need to be, whatever to really like launch off with the next issue. I had a great time with this. Um, mm. <laughs> did you I, um I thought it was fun. I thought it was an interesting issue. Oh, just interesting. I, I, okay. I like um now, I like I liked the stuff with Destiny, um and just like kind of redealing with her resurrection and like the waves of the future and all the timelines and like kind of going the week to week of that process. Um, it was fun for her little interactions with Xavier and Magneto and like they were talking about stuff like oh I want to have a vote I want to do a vote and she's like oh would you like me to tell you how it's gonna go? Um, That's hot. You didn't appreciate her getting her new body, you know? I didn't like going to Doctor Miami. I actually don't <laughs> like the new. I I, I, I it, it, but that is more so an issue I have. Like, 
with, I guess, I don't know if it's sexism or ageism in comic books, where it's like, it's like when people make a skinny Amanda Waller. Okay. It's kind of like, no, let that woman be big. And with Destiny, it's like, why can't she be old? Why can't we got Magneto and Charles running around 70 years old and still doing all this stuff? <laughs> why can't Destiny can't do that. Okay, now that's a that's a that's a good point because I figured that like she was de-aged because like she's too close to death. I assume you know because she's older, but you're right. She's probably the same age as him. Yeah, it's just like no. Why she gotta be twenty five? Is she? She's not older than him. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. She I might know be like, oh, but it's like, but uh, again, it's just like, why can't she just be old? Like, why can't we have an old woman on the uh, council? Like, we why, like let that old lady have her thighs out. It's fine. Yeah, let her be old. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, we can see Magneto walking around in the towel or whatever in the trial or like Charles in his bed, but Destiny got to be 25 to have her thighs out? Please. But anyway. It's both sexism and ageism. Yes. Yes, I don't like that. Um, but <laughs> nonetheless, um, other than that, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're kind of lagging on the plot, which is like, how are we stopping orcas? Oh, I think this also kind of goes into my whole trope about the, all the stuff about like just betrayal and like all the secrets that are going on. It's like yes, we're finally getting to this point where everyone wants to come clean and all this stuff, but everyone's acting very ridiculous about it. Emma's entire reaction and feeling so hurt that she hasn't been let in. Girl, who are you? Why would we let yeah, you girl, in? Why would, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, why would we let you in on anything? Shut up. The only yeah. reason you're here is so we could bring in Shaw. And then on top of that, Emma Frost, do you not know who you are? Did you not just get Sinister's pens blown up? (laughs) And you, like, manipulated Empath? You about to get mad? Like, please, save me the dramatics. Save me the hypocrisy. Um, So that was annoying. (laughs) (laughs) But I liked it. I liked it and it evoked that reaction. Um, Uh, I thought it was interesting to see when this issue opens with um, Mystique. It shows how she resurrected Destiny. Um, although I was trying to figure out how Hope, like, used telepathy. Does she have, like, a range where just a telepath was around her? She could do it like that? Or is that just a part of her kit? I've heard that apparently, like, she can hold on to powers for a little bit of time after she gets them. She is such a MacGuffin. I do not like, I don't like Hope at all. Agreed. (laughs) Which is is why it's fine that she can just stay in the, like, with the five or whatever that makes sense a part of his resurrection cool Stay over we need that kind house. of character yep we cool. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so whatever that was that um i thought that again i think that issue is interesting i mean it, we still have the threat it's of funny. uh orcus looming in the background and it's like also when you think about it, the x-men are fools it's like the y'all keep talking about how the mutants i mean not the mutants the machines are killing you guys but it's like why wouldn't they all y'all do is lie and stab each other in the back <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that what they need to do is really need to focus on Nimrod. I don't think Orcus is going anywhere after Hickman leaves. I think Orcus is going to stay around as like a like a X-Men villain. Like I think that like there's going to be a looming threat for them. What they need to be worried about is Nimrod because yeah. they all like they know it's back online. Also, why is Xavier redacting the mission files? 
Let's make that up. I want to know. I want to know that. It's like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what is actually the point of any of this? <laughs> I truly tr- want to know because, like, in the first issue, we get that data page, and every time that a mission with the same team happened, the result says results mission unknown. Then we come to find out in this issue, when you when Mystique was like going through and digging in her tea, she finds out that like it's been redacted. So like what's like going that, on? Um, I did like that Krakoa is like archiving conversations. It was listening to like what Mystique and Destiny were talking about and stuff like that. I thought that was a pretty nice little bit because again, the island is alive. <laughs> it's like what exactly <laughs> what do y'all think? <laughs> But I also really liked when Mystique ended up in Paris and she like went undercover and went undercover and Orcus and found out that they're like hacking stuff. But she's obviously like gonna use that for later. And also it's like, girl, you couldn't have been done this. <laughs> like yeah. what? Yeah. Like are are we trying are we trying to have a peaceful mutant nation where we all succeed? and we all live, or are we not? Or are we just playing the same old human games that we have been chastising everybody about? I don't know. I don't know. The, 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 X, the, X, the X-Men right now need to focus. <laughs> because all of this like House of Cards stuff right now, y'all gonna lose track. And, and lose your lives. Be back in the pen. And Emma, Emma reading um, Moira's mind and falling out instantly was kind of funny. I did, I did laugh. It was yeah, that was sad. She went out bad. She always on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Just falling out. I do want to say that I appreciated Hickman um having the conversation with Exodus and Mystique and reestablishing Exodus kind of motivations. I feel like a lot of times people wonder why Exodus is there outside of just him being like a very powerful telekinetic character. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that it just needs to be reestablished that this had always been his focus. And too often people see him as like a zealot of someone else. But um, with this issue and the conversation he had with Mystique, it was established again that like, no, I'm not following anybody else. I just want to protect mutant kind. So like, yeah, that's all I want to do. How did you, and so, you know, for those who read, we got to the ending reveal, we get a new member of the council and it is Pyotr Nikolaevich Rasputin the one and only mm. Colossus. How did that hit mm-hmm. you? Were you like surprised? Were you like whelmed, underwhelmed, overwhelmed, excited? So had I been, had I not been spoiled on Twitter, then I probably would have been excited, but I had already <laughs> seen the pages already. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't have been hot, but like I had already known that like he was joining. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, got, when I got to actually read it myself, it felt like, um, I don't know. It felt it felt like it was on purpose. Like obviously they want him in that position because yeah. I think when I look at it, I understand why they use Colossus. Like if I if I'm like looking at the story correctly, like he's kind of he's kind of easy to manipulate mm-hmm. um, and like get to do what you want. But at the same time, like I everybody think- in the summer area, you can kind of like play off their emotions. Okay, but I think also <laughs> when you think about Colossus, one recurring theme of his storyline has been over the last few years is that kind of he is like 
got his own voice. I think about mm-hmm. uh, when, in the X-Men run where he was going against Storm because she was lying to Cyclops. I think about after Kitty left him, he was drunk and he was just like, you know, I'm not here to just be used as your big barrage. Like, I got feelings. Um, whatever's been happening with him in X-Force and like becoming a war criminal. He has like his own kind of opinions going on. So I, think I mean, you could even back you could even back it on up to the '90s and talk about when Magic died, and he was like, "Oh, I'm out of here." <laughs> um, so it's like, is he really going to be that easy to manipulate? But then also, I think about Xavier and Charles because it's like, if y'all are really going to play this petty game that Mystique and Destiny are playing with you, then play it. Don't bring in Colossus. Bring in Rogue. And again. Hickman, why would I use a rogue in this story? That's now that'll be petty. <laughs> like if if we're going, if we're like and because that's a, that's really what this is all about right now. It's really about Mystique and Destiny versus Charles and Xavier, the two the two gay the, the, the lesbians the versus gays. the gays. That's what it's about right now. Okay, <laughs> and, uh, and a war that has been waged for quite some time. <laughs> you know, this is old time. <laughs> and if this is what we're going to do, then let's do it. And, let, and like, let's have some fun with it. Because, again, I still don't know why Rogue isn't a part of this event. But that's neither here nor there. But it's like, yeah, I feel like that would have been the perfect time to bring her in and, like, really up the ante. And it's like, okay, because, again, Rogue is a character who's also really going to come in. She's going to throw the wrench in the plants. But she's also going to be the one to focus and be like, hold on. Amy here is supposed to be talking about Orcus and Nimrod mm-hmm. and these machines. And, like, let's get that done. That's uh, because they don't want to let Rogue do anything other than be nostalgia. Wow. I don't know why they won't let her be like <laughs> Rogue could be so much more than this, than just that costume. Jim Lee, you did what you needed to do, but damn. <laughs> so, I mean, all in all, I think the art is beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously, it's only for was looking like Serena. She was. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I think, again, but again, I also think about the x as a whole, like I said a little bit earlier, and I kind of know that the line is on its way to this little revamp, so I'm just looking at everything, and I'm just kind of taking it as what it is, like, mm-hmm. let's just get from here to wherever we got to go now. I'm excited for the showdown that we end up bringing with Nimrod. Nimrod's my favorite, Nimrod and Bastion are like my favorite X-Men villain, so like, I'm hyped for this event. Um, I would give this issue a four out of five. I give it a three point five. Okay. All right. Well, those are the books of the week. Let's take a little break and then we'll come right back. Cool. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Uh, another panel, and this week we're going to be getting into the wonderful Miss Cersei of the Eternals. My namesake. Um, so everybody knows <laughs> the movie is coming out soon. There's been like mm-hmm. chatter around it. Which, first of all, let me say, I know I made that joke earlier, but I do not think uh, that this is going to be a bad movie. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think that I, like, I you know, Rotten Tomatoes scores are whatever they are, and I think it's been... Yeah, but I was talking about this with... um a co-worker that I have who's really, really into Marvel movies. And I was telling her that this, to me, feels very targeted, I guess. Yes. When you look at the Eternals movie, you have, like, this woman, this Asian woman director. You look at this cast. It's very multicultural. There's a lot of people in it. They're, like, doing this. 
she's not my favorite girl, but we saw this happen to Brie Larson and Captain Marvel. You know what I'm saying? And like See, the way that you. movie was kind of attacked and like regarded and like picked apart on this level that on this like really really micro level that a lot of people don't do with other uh, Marvel movies. You know, a lot of times we can pass the Marvels their popcorn flicks and they laugh too yeah. much and they joke too much and whatever blah blah blah. But as soon as you start hearing about a movie that's doing something different, now all of a sudden it's a problem. And now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> oh, they're not doing their jokes and they're not laughing and it's not a popcorn flick anymore. So it's just like, okay, we get it. I do not think that this is going to be a bad movie, and I think that if you are excited for it, you should continue to be excited for it. And um, Rotten, make the decision for yourself. Maybe Rotten Tomato scores are from fans. People, <laughs> okay. Them, we know how fans are. We are them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but because of the movie coming out, I was been trying to do a lot more reading on the Eternals and. Unfortunately, there's not that much reading to do, but no, not. Uh, there is enough for Cersei because she's probably one of the most prominent ones of that group who's been uh, around. Uh, and Gilgamesh also, but mostly Cersei. She was a part of the Avengers team for a very long time. Um, she's teamed up with Captain America. So that's actually like she was created in what, 1970? She was actually created in 1973. It's like, and that's when we first saw her as like the goddess Cersei was in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Um, and, ah, and, gotcha when she popped back up in like 1976 i want to say um that's when they like revealed her to be like the eternal cersei that we know and she has continued on since then um and she was just doing her thing with the other eternals until she ended up helping captain america with something on one of his missions where they came into contact with each other and then he was redoing the avengers and so he called on her and was like you want to join on this team and she was like sure Partly, A, because she thought it was fun. Partly because she was trying to sleep with Kat. And... One, thing about, one thing about Cersei, <laughs> she's not going to she's play gonna, games about going after what she wants. <laughs> she's she's going to get it. Um, but, you know, she kind of continues on that team. She goes on a lot of missions. She's probably, like, I want to say she was one for maybe, like, a good, like, almost a decade. I feel like yeah, she was on it for a while. Yeah. Um, and she was a pretty important member. She got in a lot of fights with people. She showed up in a lot of books. She ended up uh, starting a relationship with the Black Knight, who we is also going yes. to see the Eternals movie. Uh, Kit Harrington will be playing him, I believe, which, you know, we might lead into some other things with him. So mm. keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she stayed on the uh, Avengers team, and then we would kind of just see her pop up every now and again in some Eternals movies that happened on later. And now she is currently appearing in Karen Gillan's fantastic Eternal series as, like, the girl, the telepath, Cersei, mm-hmm. the manipulator. <laughs> but um, do you like that, like, all of the Eternals, don't they kind of all have, like, a level of telepathy or something like that? Like, aren't they, like... Yeah, yeah. They can all do a little bit of something. I think that's kind of cool. She's different though. She's in a good spot because um, she all like her big thing is like her matter transmutation abilities and like how she uses mm-hmm. like, a lot of stuff and it just makes her like insanely powerful. But she's like very smart, very quick witted. She uses her very powers very tactfully, uh, which is always nice to see because you think about that. That's kind of one of those powers where it's like you might be a little too powerful. Who are you gonna you fight? You do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are you gonna fight? <laughs> I feel like hers has never really been presented that way. It's like, oh, she is strong, 
but like she still kind of struggles with turning some things sometimes or like you know she might get it wrong or it just might not be effective in the way that she thinks it is so it's like the limitations are there and they're kind of built in so that's always nice to see but one thing i would like say, when she fought exodus and lost <laughs> Exodus said, "Drop." <laughs> Not today, girl. You won't be winning today. <laughs> and that's another thing I will say. Like, Cersei's a powerful girl, but she kind of be getting handed down. <laughs> they, they be, they be like hitting her and and tried to take Exodus and lost again. <laughs> she punch sometimes, so it's like, but she she's a team player, so we support her for that. Yeah. I will say, um, going through, I've noticed they made a lot of her costumes and like power signatures and stuff purple over the last few years. Mm-hmm. They need to go back to the green. I like the green. The green looks so much better. The green is hot. The green pops. Yeah. Like, please go back to the green. I think they may not want to do that though, because like, that's like Loki's color, I think, and they probably don't want that to like be confusing. I'm sorry. With like Asgardian magic, ain't that usually green? Isn't Enchantress's powers are green. Enchantress is green. That's how. Ooh, if they're so saying, I think they might think that. I like, think I, it's, <laughs> it's a respect thing. I'll take that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but at least make her costume green again. I think green is like her. You know, you feel like every character is kind of associated with a color at some point. Um, For sure. I think green should be her color. Yeah, the purple costume that she has currently in the Eternals. I think personally it's high, but <laughs> but I think she should be in like the green. She should definitely be in green. Um, how do you feel about Cersei? Do you like her? Are you into her? Are you interested in her? Cersei's always been a character I liked because she's been the fun girl. You know, mm-hmm. when she was on the Avengers, um, I liked when they had the little jackets in the nineties. Um, jackets were fun. Were cute. <laughs> the jackets were cute. <laughs> um, she was always the one that kind of like you know bucked up a little bit or said spoke her mind i always appreciate a character like that um but again she was someone who i thought was a little too powerful for me as far as like what she could do as in the types of characters that i like so i've never really got too too into her um but she's she's been around and she's done some cool stuff i've really been enjoying her in the current Eternals one especially the way they kind of like talked more about her powers and the way that she can manipulate things um when she's like turned that fungus on thanos <laughs> that was pretty cool during that fight. Um, <clears throat> it's not like she is, you know, reshaping things and like doing a lot. It's all it, there is a thought behind it all. She did once before though. There, uh, <laughs> it was during. Um, I think it was during Civil War. Actually, she was. It was Iron Man. He was trying to get her to register. She turned a cat into a dragon. <laughs> it was like okay. it was like the it was like the weirdest power display I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, why would they do this? <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't even know she could like do something that that like yeah ex- exactly it's just and, and see and that's the grandiose. thing that you some times it's like these type of uh, abilities it's just like now that is not something that should like you be you should be not doing that it. make it in here usually sometimes when I see that with a when a character does that two things cross my mind it's mm-hmm. a what was the writer doing when they thought about this? Okay. <laughs> and and B, now fans are going to take this and run with it. <laughs> because they did it that one time. That one time. And, like, that's all it takes now. Everybody should be turned into a dragon. And it's just, like, you think about that in the battle. It's just like, well, if she could just turn everybody into, like, <laughs> dragons or <Yes>. something. <laughs> <laughs> like, sis, what are we here for? Like, can you stop this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than, no, I do like that they've given her some limitations and that like, they 
they've kind of toned that down and it doesn't get super ridiculous often. Like that is nice to see. I think some of her best relationships are those with Captain America, of course, and obviously the Black Knight. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm also really enjoying I actually, while I enjoy her relationships with the Eternals, I feel like, and I kind of hope this is something that gets addressed in the book with her currently, but I kind of feel like they bring out the worst in her. The Eternals? And yes. Because of just, like, what the Eternals do and, like, how what we've discovered about, like, how they resurrect and all of this stuff like that and how they kind of move as, like, these, like, background people. Um, she's got to be a little bit more dubious. And, that, and, you know, that's one of the things I feel like I enjoyed about her in the Avengers is that she kind of felt like she enjoyed being a hero. She liked helping the people. And that is something that, like... Mm she doesn't have to be like super shady and like doing all the like background machinations which is always interesting you know of course but i like to see that she seems happier with the avengers than the eternals if that makes sense oh. do you now, like now speaking of oh. her both though with the eternals i have a question for you for cersei and how did you feel about her and black knight and like the crystal and human <clears throat> mm -hmm. having this like love triangle because i remember doing um some of the avenger stuff like they like i think black knight also liked chris do you like crystal are you a fan of her i am i know you don't really like the humans okay oh okay but i like, I like, I like crystal so crystal, right so my thing about crystal is like hey i really like crystal's powers um i think you can do like a lot yeah, of interesting same. stuff in there. um and then b out of all the humans, I, I feel like she's the like real one. Like, yeah, she's like, y'all are stupid, and this is stupid, <laughs> and like, I gotta go do something else. <laughs> yeah, and like, even Maybe I, I do even, like a character thing on her, so she's a good one. Even um, I think about during like the AV, uh, not AVX, the IVX period when the Terrigen Cloud was going around, like doing all that stuff. Like, Crystal was the one inhuman who was like, let's still find a way to try and help the mutants. Also, she partnered up with Frenzy. Yeah. And Frenzy read her mm -hmm. filth, and she was like, girl, you're doing this all for play. But, like, for, at least Crystal was still kind of like, no, I'm going to do something. Um, I've also liked her in The Avengers. Remember when we did, like, talked, I did the Vision discussion, and I had went back and I read yeah. that series? She was in that, and she was, like, really cool in that with uh, Vision had a crush on her. Death Cry was in that. That's my girl. She's great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, is, Crystal is great. Um, I wish they were able to get her like away from the inhuman so that she wouldn't also have to be like you know yeah caught up in whatever they kind of get rid of them but i remember that while she was also on the avengers um <laughs> what'd you say i said not getting rid of them <laughs> <laughs> they are basically right <laughs> they like completely got rid of the inhumans but um well, I remember while Crystal was also on the on the Avengers, so was Cersei, mm -hmm. and like there was this like love triangle between Cersei, uh, Crystal, and Black Knight. And I think at one point, like Black Knight, I think he picked Crystal. <laughs> so, so like he did. It was kind of embarrassing. Like, <laughs> like when they punch Cersei down, they punch her down. Okay. They do. Uh, Crystal's fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, Crystal. Crystal's a cool girl. <laughs> uh, man, oh damn. <laughs> no, but um, I, I did. You know, the the love triangle relationships can be a little uh, sometimes with me, but yeah, I think that one was pretty well done. Um, I think everybody, Cersei. Cersei is Cersei. Like, 
Yeah. She bounced back. She was still gonna you know be, yeah. yeah. She's gonna be She was gonna be fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I also think that, again, plays up to kind of like Cersei and of this person who she's become, who's a little bit colder because she just has to be. And it was like the Avengers was supposed to be that place where she like didn't have to be that. And like, again, she had to look and it's like, oh, no, now I got to kind of shut myself down again and back and like rebuild and figure out who I am. So that was nice. Crystal was fun. I would like to see them kind of revisit it in the sense of just like and how they've all just moved on. Like Crystal. Yeah. Like, she's done things with Quicksilver again. Like, Cersei is Cersei. Black Knight is, like, I guess, appearing in comic books again for the first time in a long time. So, I like them to be friends. I w- And if it was to be done now, I also think Cersei's story would kind of evolve, where she would be, like, more like, well, can I get some, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think she's more of a character, where it's like, now you look at it, it's going to be like, well, we're all going to have fun then sure okay right. <laughs> i guess that's what everybody's doing now you know you know that's what the people are doing getting All the right. little uh, connecting pods on the space station hey. in the house go for it. i'm here mm-hmm. um are you a fan of Jimma chan yes yes i am that is my girl love her. Uh, loved her in crazy rich asians um love also she's beautiful um she was prior to prior to the um the like merger and everything and mm-hmm. whatever they were doing with like the movies she was my fan cast for Betsy like if they she didn't was... if they didn't put Betsy in her original body she was my fan cast for that was actually like a that was actually a big thing in like the Betsy community for like years. Oh, see, I got something right. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I like this thing. Remember that? So I actually first found out Jim Chan. There was this show called Humans. I think it was a BBC show. Okay. But um, like I had called it once, and like she was in. I was like, oh, this girl is like really pretty. Um, and then mm-hmm. she like had like these small action scenes and a couple other things. But like once some of the Betsy fans saw, they were like, oh yeah, that was. She's also she's she's English. She got the accent English, already. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, like this makes sense. Um, so that was like a really big thing that a lot of people want. I actually think some of them still want it. Yeah, me sure. She's a hot girl, but she's a beautiful one. I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you can really do it anymore. You can't do uh, it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's still it, it, it would just be weird. <laughs> I mean, technically, you could just like she being a purple hair this time instead of black like Cersei. So. It's just like, yeah. I'm interested in this. I mean, I'm, but I was saying that because I'm mostly interested in her casting because I feel like in a lot of stuff that Jim Chan's been in, she's very soft, a little, yeah. bit, a little demure, yeah. um, kind of reserved. And like, again, when you think about the Cersei of the comic books, there's a coldness and a quietness to her, but you don't really consider her soft. She's a little bit fierce. She's a little ferocious. Um, and I'm interested to see if Gemma pulls a lot of that any of that for this version of Cersei, or if she's still kind of kind of be more like of a laid back soft one. I think it's hilarious that she did the interview talking about Cersei's powers, and she's like, oh, she's not really that powerful of a character. And then you see the trailer, and she's like turning meteorites into birds. <laughs> or like... Like you turned like, you turned a bus into flowers, girl. What are you, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking it about? Just, it's just like, but it's like, so it's like, are you just like kind of like playing it cute and like humble which i'm here for like go off or is it like what's happening <laughs> are you powerful or are I you wonder not if, did you think it kind of came across to me in the trailer that they kind of switched the personalities between cersei and Thena, where 
They kind of look like they make Thena the one that's a little bit more colder, at least in this current Eternals run in mm-hmm. the comics. Thena seems to be the one that's more soft and, you know, because she's like loved a deviant or something like she's more um, in touch with her emotions and stuff yeah. compared to Cersei. Whereas in the movie, it looks like they kind of switched the two personalities. I can see that. And, and that's what I'm wondering. And it's just like, mm. hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. Because, again, I'm kind of used to the Cersei I got. And I like the right. Cersei I got. But right. I also really like Gemma. So it's like, I might enjoy this version of Cersei that she's doing. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, like, I'm excited. Very. I think it's visually it looks like I'm interested in it. It'll look different than all the other stuff. So I'm like excited to see that. Um, I'm really excited to confirm if uh, we finally start getting the mutant gene popping up. Um, you think it's coming? So, I I think it's coming. I think that like they're going to talk about, you know, you we can have some kind of anomaly in genetics that cause people to have powers or some kind of special ability. I think mm-hmm. they're going to like name drop it some something like that in this movie. So you know they've always said that the Eternals <clears throat> and the mutants are like cousins in the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, I know that's like what, what a lot of fans talk about. Have you are you into that connection between them? Um, I know that like the Eternals were supposed to be like experiments basically by the Celestials, yeah. and then like that's also kind of how like the X Men and stuff were created. But then I think that they may have been a retcon or something where the Celestials were sent to Earth. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer them to have also been a offshoot of of humans and like like okay. a, a cousins to mutants. Okay. Because then uh-huh. in my head, like my head canon anyway, is that's how you explain all the like crazy fantastical things that the X Men and mutants have been able to do because they're kind of like an offshoot of these eternal like, celestial things. things. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay, so with that what being said, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I like the Eternals. Well, I like this version of the Eternals that we're getting in the comic right now. Um, I think they're interesting. I <laughs> Do you prefer I... them to have been sent to Earth or to have been experiments of Earth? I like experiments. Because, mm. I don't know, it feels a little bit more personal that way. Yeah. Uh, I think I would be into it more if I actually saw the X-Men and the Eternals interacting more, like, and just mm. kind of coming together. I because I, I think about mutants as a whole, and I think about, like, the X-Men lore, and, like, over the years, there's always kind of been, like, offsets or offshoots of the mutants. Like, you've had the Neo, you've had, um, there was one that Brian Wood created in his X-Men where like he, there was some guy they were like proto mutants or something like that mm. um mm-hmm. think about that like what hickman's doing and like the whole chimera stuff it's like so you know you have all these different offshoots and it's kind of like okay well if the exter- the eternals are also going to be these offshoots like let me see them interact and like how does that look what does that feel like for them do they feel that connection is it real like do they not like each other do they think they're better than each other like if we're going to connect them like connect them if we just going to mm. just like whispering about it then we can let it go. <laughs> okay. You all or nothing. <laughs> okay. Like, let's do it. Um, <laughs> but that also could be because I just maybe like want Cersei to talk, talk about some of my themes. <laughs> I mean, they were at the Hellfire Gala and she spoke up and talked about, you know, 
Seems like doing their own damn thing. So and, and, and like <laughs> and stuff like that. Like that would be like cool too to see like if the um, Eternals look at the viewers. It's like okay, yeah, these are our cousins. Like we're actually kind of like proud of what they're doing. Like they're giving us like hope or something like that. Um, let's just see. Especially with them having the engine and the mutants having resurrection now, you would think that like they would. Maybe talk it would be to each interesting. Other. Like you've got the X Men of Krakoa, you've got the Araco mutants, you've got the Eternals. Um, what would you know? What's the difference? Mutants are kind of <laughs> if they're everywhere. Like, they're great if they're connected. Yeah. So shout out to them for that. Um, but we shall see. I think everyone should write in or like you know comment and let me know what you guys think of Cersei. If you like her, if you prefer in green or purple or what. Again. With the Eternals as a whole, there's not too much reading to do, so I don't have too much to recommend for, but for Cersei herself, like, definitely go back and get some of her Avenger stuff. Like, there's some good stuff in there. She's a good character. She's fun. She's cute. Definitely. She's having a moment right now. I'm really excited to see, like, what uh, Gillen does with her. She she, uh, had a fight with Sue Storm and lost. (laughs) And you know... Sue said, drop back. That's one of those things where I feel like it just had to happen for that time. Like, I feel like if we were to have oh, that fight today, okay. I don't know if it would go the same she way. She would lose again. <laughs> I don't know if it would go the same way. That's lose all I'm again. saying about that. That's all Force I'm saying about that. Face again. <laughs> but that was a little Cersei chat. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back for the relaunches. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our favorite part of the show. It is another relaunch. Would you like to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, you know what? I'll go first because okay. um, I'm going to just get this one out here. Now, this character is someone who's got, she's got a TV show coming out. Um, and it's starting to show that there might be some cracks in the MCU. And that is Ms. Marvel. Now, I've talked about her before on the show about how, like, I don't think she fits with Carol as, like, her, like, sidekick or, like, her little protege with Ms. Marvel. Um, and with them changing her powers, if I'm sure people have seen, we've posted it before on, um, on all of our stuff, that there was an image of Ms. Marvel and she's got these, like, energy-based powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked like they honestly changed them so that she's kind of more connected to both Carol and Monica. Yeah. So she can kind of fit in that world. I think that's stupid. <laughs> I think that like I think Ms. Marvel was fine the way she was. And um I don't think that she needed to change her powers or anything like that um to make her less like Mr. Fantastic. And it'll make sense in my opinion for people to think that oh they don't want her powers to be like Mr. Fantastic. So they change them to Sue Storm. Yeah. I mean, it's also weird when you think about, like, the Avengers video game. Like, she's already been introduced to that. So people who, like, have played that and who know Ms. Marvel is from it have seen her with her stretchy power. So now you're about to have her the show exactly. she's got, like, these little Green Lantern force fields. That's weird. And they had her in the Avengers Assemble TV show on uh, mm. their, like, Disney Channel for, like, several seasons <laughs> when the, while they were pushing her. And she was at the forefront for the Inhumans. I think people mostly know what her powers are. Um, so I think that's dumb. And I think in the comic book universe, I don't think that she really fits with 
Carol's corner, she's very like uh kind. <laughs> she's very like, you know, yeah, uh, very good like good. Um I've always thought that Carol should have a more Carol should have a psychic with a personality that was like hers when she kind of first got her powers and she was a little bit more like bam, bombastic and stuff. Someone that mm-hmm. can kind of also like butt heads with her and they can learn from each other. So I think my relaunch for Ms. Marvel is I would actually make her a like general Marvel fan girl and not just um, Carol's. So we know okay. that like she got her powers and because she was like, she looked up to Captain Marvel and uh, when she got her powers, she emerged from that cocoon and she polymorphed into Carol and then she kind of learned that she didn't have to be that way or whatever. Yeah. So I would have something where we have already established that her and and Carol are kind of like separated from each other or whatever. I would have it where she is kind of going around and meeting all the other heroes and kind of like talking about her connections to them because Kamala is supposed to be this big like fangirl. And um, like she's big into cosplay and all that other kind of stuff. Like she's big into being a fangirl of the Avengers. I would make her Ms. Marvel, which is like just this fun girl who is the, you know, the lovable character who just like, she's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. she's just a fangirl of the Marvel universe. Okay. That's, That's what I would do with her. Would you, would you, so would you, you keep the stretchy up. powers? Yeah, keep the stretchy powers. Um, you know, and then that gives her chances to like do other things while she's teaming up with other people. Maybe have her have more teamups with the greater Marvel universe in her solo series, mm-hmm. um, instead of just being in Jer- in Jersey. And then kind of really establish her as like a the Marvel fangirl. Is there anyone in particular who you think you should you'd like to see her interact with a little bit more, or like a hero that you think fits her that she would gravitate towards more? I guess. Um, you know. Some of the older Avengers would be kind of fun just to see. Maybe a Thor, <laughs> just because that would be fun. I could see her kind of fangirling over over Thor or something like that. She may have had a team up with him. I'm not sure. She had one with Wolverine that was a lot of fun. Spider-Man, obviously she's like the newer generation Spider-Man, basically. So yeah, I would like to see that. Okay. Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. I'm into it. I, yes. I can't guarantee. I can't guarantee I would still read it because you know me and kids. But uh, I know you don't like the kids. <laughs> again, I think a, I think a Kamala. It's gonna be really interesting to see where her character kind of goes over the next few years if they let her grow up or not. Damn, I should have asked. Yeah. Her um, next time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like that's gonna be a thing, you know. Because I, I think about specifically Kamala and Moon Girl. You know, these are two characters who have been like introduced to these young girls, but like they're also supposed to be the part of this next generation. Again, Marvel age is always wonky. They don't let certain people grow up. Look at Power Power Pack just finally started coming to somewhat age. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's just gonna be interesting for Kamala, who's been kind of pegged as this face of the new generation along with Miles. And like just their trajectory, and when they kind of start hitting those next phases, good time to be their fan, I guess. For sure, they're gonna give yeah. us some pushes, and I like to see where they're where they're going. Yeah. Um. So for my relaunch for the week, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a dual bit. It would actually be Marvel Two and One. I would bring that series. Oh, back. okay. Yes, I know I like that's that something series. that like a lot of like the Fantastic Four fans are aware of and like how that operates. So good for them mm-hmm. knowing that. Get that. <laughs> but uh, I think the last two in one series starred Johnny and Ben. Did it not? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes, those like yeah. they're not really my mix. 
But there are two characters who I always think have like kind of fit the mold of the Fantastic Four, just a little bit more interesting of them. And so I would kind of focus on them in this two-in-one series and have them going on their adventures of like space and the cosmic stuff and the space-time continuum and all those other things. And those two characters would be Blue Marvel and Spectrum. Oh, love this. <laughs> yeah, because okay. um, A, I think they're just a really fantastic couple. And you know, I was like rereading some Ultimate stuff and like started watching that even like in mighty avengers when it was kind of hinted at i really wasn't like here for it in the beginning <laughs> really i was really like oh i do not want to see these two in a relationship like i do not think i like it da, da, da. but as time just went on i don't know even because even was the only one who was writing them um he just like really sold you on it and i think their relationship has a nice progression and it feels natural they back each other up they like understand each other they're both very powerful people who are kind of like sometimes struggling a little bit with like coming back down to earth i guess and like mm-hmm. relating to other people for whatever reasons and um they're just an interesting space and i think blue marvel is a character obviously he was created he has his own kind of rose form he has this universe spectrum is one of those characters who falls on the like extremely powerful line so you have to really put her if you want to see her go crazy and you want to see her you got to put her in the space where she can like do that and well so she's going to do that but like in a situation where she's like exploring everything and like going beyond earth and like space and all that so i would like to focus on them for a little bit i know I, at one point in time i also wanted them like on an ultimate scene but i think this would focus more so on them and give a lot more chances for like their time as a couple and like that character work that like I feel like kind of gets missed with them a lot of times when we see them in teams although we see them as a couple like doing whatever most of their interactions still kind of reflect with everybody else like now mm-hmm. who we have that's something that's just for them I'm all for it because I like you know I'm I'm a fan of Spectrum and a fan of Blue Marvel and I actually just also really like the two of them together as a couple mm-hmm. um so any anything we get more of them I love but I will ask you Marvel mm-hmm. two and one like the premise for that originally was um, like the thing, it was like Thing's book basically. Mm. And um, Thing would basically go on adventures with like anyone from the greater Marvel universe. So it was mm. two in one. So it would be him and Namor, him and who literally whoever. Is there anybody okay. who you actually want to see with the two of them in the two in one? I would like to see uh, Giant Man pop back up, Raz the new one. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just because, like, he used to pop up in the Ultimate book every now and again, and he k- was always trying to join the team, and Blue Marvel was like, <laughs> no, not, like, not yet. <laughs> not um, but I just really enjoyed that eagerness, and I, I like the aspect of somebody playing young, like, younger, playing off Blue Marvel, and be like, oh, please, like, help me. He's a really good character who I'd just like to see appear more. Um, obviously, Blue Marvel's son, I think, would have to make an appearance every now and again. I don't know if he's, like, worthy of getting, like, a byline as an appearance <laughs> but um that would always be fun other oh i would like to see someone from monica appear but it would be like one of the characters from next wave oh who she was on the team with um i think that that while it's like a super fun comic book, it's kind of been treated, at first it was kind of treated as like not canon, and then they switched it and it was like, no, it actually did all happen to those characters. And so, but the reasoning was supposed to be like they were mind controlled. And mm. like, that's why they were acting the way they were acting. So I would love to see her kind of reconnect with one of those folks and like talk about that and like see what her feelings are about it. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dope. Okay, y'all. Well, um, let us know what you guys think of our new relaunches. Um, be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And um, you can find us on Twitter at another relaunch. You can find it on Instagram, same thing. You can find me at Uncanny LZ on most social media platforms. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me at Keenan Lance, and there's an underscore at the end. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here, and we will catch y'all next week. Peace. I got to go back and so I can start playing my Guardians game. It's really good. <laughs> if you started playing, like, let me know. If you're on Xbox, we can trade names and all that. It's dope. We'll talk about it one day. <laughs> I know that's right. Let's get up out of here. Peace.